0: Rich is knocking on my front door God knows I'm tired of being broken poor My prayers answered, there's so much in store Wanna stack cash from ceiling to floor Money, money, you're welcome here my friend The Talking Cash Podcast with your host, Ben Blanchard.
1: Hello and welcome to the Talking Cash Podcast. I am your host, Ben Blanchard. Today, my guest is actor, comedian, and musician Morgan J. Morgan discusses his life growing up with a single mother, attending NYU Tisch School of Dramatic Arts and raising money through Kickstarter to support his latest album, Love Songs, or something like that. Morgan is a good friend of mine and a very interesting guy to talk to, and I hope you enjoy it. A few things from my end, if you are in the Santa Monica, Los Angeles area, and you're listening to this on February 2nd, tonight we have a show at the Commons Ale House at 129 Broadway in Santa Monica at 8.30 p.m., Comedians include Dan St. Germain, Sam Jay, Julia Prescott, Joey Barone, and Greg Edwards. That's tonight at 8.30 February 2nd at the Commons House. Also next week I'll be performing at the Westside Comedy Theater Thursday, February 11th at 8pm for the Westside Laugh Party Show. And then also at the end of the month on February 27th that's a Saturday at 8pm in Venice, the Comedy at the Manor. So be sure to check out those shows and also subscribe, rate, like this podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. SoundCloud.com backslash talking cash podcast. Woo! One more time. SoundCloud.com backslash talking cash podcast. And make sure to tell your friends about it, your family members, your girlfriends, and your boyfriends. But right now, let's tune into the talk that I have with Mr. Morgan J. I brought this up. If you want me to sing I'm happy to do that. Yeah, it's up to you, man. And we'll... How you doing, man? Good. Good, I'm doing well. Just uh, riding high after the last uh, Comedy at the Manor show, which is fantastic. What about that dude guy,
2: huh? So that really was the dude.
1: That was the dude. That's interesting. So he is the, the basis off okay, of the right. Big Lebowski.
2: Yeah, that's what... Uh, were you the one who told, who told me that at the show? I mean, somebody told me that eventually. And then...
1: Uh... So I met him... You want uh, some pillows to prop yourself up?
2: Yeah, I. But so, I guess I'll sit forward. It's a
1: deep know. couch. It is a deep couch. <laughs> you get lost. On it's this. a real deep yeah. catch. I met him. Man, where did I meet him? Through Ryan, who's that dude who dresses in all black, who is in the back of the show, yeah. who was like doing the audio for his song. <laughs> oh yeah. Who he kept yelling at? Turn it up. Yeah. Or turn it up, Ryan. Turn it yeah. up. So I met him through him, and they're like buddies, and they're doing a web series together.
2: You know, I heard some. This other guy that I'm working with, he's like, I heard the dude was at the show. He's like. He said the Big Lebowski is the worst thing that happened to the dude because he's like not the dude anymore. He's like this other guy,
1: and his entire identity has just been like usurped by Lebowski. Yeah. So I'm here with Morgan Jay, guys.
2: What's going on, everybody?
1: Morgan Jay, I
2: like how he did that. I like what you did there.
1: The one only, just I like get what you did, just there. Get, get him in there. Yeah, I snuck this you in. This is from
2: other podcasts I've been. That's good. It's fresh, you know. Very nice.
1: <laughs> Morgan Jay, good. What are we friend. talking about? Oh yeah, we're talking about money. Oh, wow. Yeah. We're going to talk about money oh, and then we're going to talk about stories that stem off from money. Oh, man. All right. Cool. All right. Well, we don't have to get right into it. We can kind of. I just got
2: no money, dude.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it... right. We could talk about it. <laughs> get into it. Morgan J. Is that yeah. a stage name? Uh, my full
2: name is Morgan J. Venticinque.
1: Venticinque.
2: That's my last name. Very huh. Italian. I didn't want to give people when I am so in New York I was Morgan Ventichique. I'm a little bit stuffed up today. Sorry about how nasally I am. But then when I moved to LA I was like, "You know what? I'm going to do Morgan J." And
1: it's been working out for you this far.
2: It's a little bit better. I mean, I will say the first month I was here there was a guy named Paul J that mm-hmm. was also doing stand up. And there's
1: also the famous magician Ricky J. Ricky J? Who's in um Boogie Nights.
2: There's a lot of there's a yeah. lot of J's, but I think it works for me just because like I'm ethnically ambiguous, so they people could sort of put whatever ethnicity they want. And
1: then if you use your real last name, it's like oh shit. Oh
2: he's like real Italian or you know what I mean? So
1: they can kinda of connect the dots with the face of the name.
2: Exactly. So Morgan J is sort of better. People are like, Are you Persian? Are you <laughs> Are you Afghanistan? Are you Greek? Are you from Jerusalem?
1: I get that a lot too. I bet you fucking do. <laughs> I bet you're like, are you
2: from Israel? Are you, are you from, pa- where are you? Yeah. Palestinian? What are you, like,
1: are you Greek? I get a lot of, lot of sand countries. A lot of sand. That's a good <laughs>
2: way to put it. A lot of sand countries.
1: Where I, are you? What are you? French Canadian, actually. Oh, I see
2: that too. Yeah. But, you, but then again, that's another country full of...
1: They were all just banging at one point anyways, right? Dude,
2: we're all going to look the same. And,
1: <laughs> you mentioned New York. Is that where you're originally from?
2: I was raised in uh, New Jersey for 18 years. What well, part of Jersey? Uh, North Jersey, about an hour outside of uh, New York. And then I went to NYU for theater, was in New York, all together for seven years.
1: I, I don't remember. Are you, are you first gen? First from, gen, man. And your folks are from Italy? My and...
2: mother's from Brazil. My father was born in Sicily, grew up in Argentina, and then they met. And then my mother worked in a coat room at a restaurant, and then my dad was a chef at a restaurant, that same restaurant. He was 20 years older than my mom. He
1: and like still 20. is, I assume? He's, he
2: passed away, but okay. he's, uh, he's like, he was like, I feel like I'm going to have the same, I'm probably going to end up doing the same thing, like getting a woman 20 years younger than me pregnant is really what's going to happen.
1: Well, we all, you know, as we get older too, you just feel it. Like I heard myself cough the other day, I was like, fuck, you just sound like your dad, man. You know, it's just those it's weird crazy, small dude. moments. Well, he was a musician. He was a pop star
2: in Argentina. Really? So like, I didn't get to, I didn't know he, he died when I was young, so I didn't know him when I was growing up. So it's interesting. It's like what I'm doing now is sort of a way for me to get to know him
1: because like from what I understand, through the music.
2: yeah, I mean, from what I understand, he was very, he like was performing all over town. He was womanizing hardcore. I'm not saying that I do that. I'm just, but I am maybe saying,
1: softcore, womanizing maybe. yeah, I'm
2: not really like doing anything serious with anybody. So it's kind of an interesting way to get to know him, you know?
1: So growing up in Jersey, can you give me kind of a background of like the economy where you grew up and kind of what the the social structure was like, an industry that was kind of running the town or was it diversified?
2: You know, I grew up in one of the most affluent towns in America. Like there's this town called Upper Saddle River. I grew up in the town literally next door to that town. And I'm talking like, and I wasn't one of the rich people. I was very much like, we lived in a condo, two bedroom condo. I shared a room with two older brothers. It was like three people in the room, and uh, but some of these friends of mine had like these mini mansions, you know, with like pools and tennis courts and little putting greens for them to. I had one friend who who paint in the back of his yard. Mm-hmm. Like he had, a, he had all this wooded area. So the town. Most of the people who worked there, well, they,
1: want, do they work in the city and then that was yeah. Their a, lot of them,
2: a lot of them worked in New York City. Like a lot of you know, a lot of parents did financial stuff. A lot of people were business owners within the town. But my mother worked at a restaurant because I was six. And by the time my dad passed, my dad passed away when I was six. So my mother was working at a restaurant. She was also taking care of this old couple. From time to time, she would clean houses. So that's where she had made her money. But other people.
1: So she made it kind of off the, the trickle down effect of the, I mean, the wealthy. She, she did whatever she could. Yeah. Really,
2: you know, I mean, yeah. As far as what people made there, like what people did. I didn't hang out too much with like these rich people because like. Couldn't relate. Couldn't relate to them. They both, they, all of them had two parents, so already that was weird. <laughs> yeah. They had two st- stories in their houses. I was always sh- like surprised. you have
1: stairs in your yeah.
2: home? There's like another floor. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There's like a bi- basement. Like
1: you, maybe you'll have two stairs cascading down from like the living room and yeah. the kitchen or something. I don't know which one was yours. But pictures. an entire set? Of yeah. 10 stairs? It was weird,
2: man. They had like finished basements, and I was like, wow, this is amazing.
1: Would, did that make you feel like inferior at a young yeah, age?
2: Yeah, 100%. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, even to this day, there's a huge correlation between how I feel about myself to how much money is in my bank account. When I'm killing it, I'm like, fuck, let's get drinks, everybody. Rounds yeah. on me. Like, I, that's very much like I'm not a cheap person. When I have money, I'm not really cheap. I'll be like, I got money. Let's spend, let's spend the money. When I don't have money, I, I'm still not cheap, but then I'm, like, stressing all the time because I'm like, fuck.
1: Right. You're, it's constantly in the back of your mind. Yeah. You just see each cent go down after every drink that and you I buy. I had a
2: date last night, and I told the girl she wanted to go, and I'm like, just come over. I have some beer, and <laughs> I'll warm us up a
1: pizza, and <laughs> yeah, my you, roommate's you out the, of town. did the, the staycation and date
2: night she, she had a great time. There's nothing wrong with that. We got to fuck more.
1: Less time going out and drinking and just pretending you don't want to fuck, and then you spend more time in the place. Yeah. Getting down to really why you're there in the first place.
2: Totally. But then as, as far as growing up in my town, I had one really wealthy friend, my friend Lawrence.
1: That sounds just like I mean, I know it's like a longer version of Larry, but even just hearing it Lawrence. Yeah, he went by Lawrence. Rich. Somebody called him Larry. Yeah, it sounds like a rich guy.
2: Lawrence name. and Lawrence's parents, like he would hang out at my place at this condo, right? And his parents thought that he was smoking weed at my apartment because like I'm son of a single mom.
1: He'd come back no like. No supervision. Yeah.
2: And I never did anything in high school. I never like drank. I never smoked. It was all the rich kids that were like partying super hard in their houses and
1: yeah, doing like designer drugs too. Totally.
2: Yeah, they were doing designer drugs essentially.
1: <laughs> anyway. isn't that weird? I had a friend like that too, who was like my best friend growing up, and my mom just knew that his folks were like way more relaxed than all of their parents. Sure. And so she hated him. She like, wouldn't let him go over. Or? No, I, you know, I would like go over there, but there's always some sort of stipulation. But you know, yeah. every I feel like every group of friends has that one buddy that just the mom is you know very skeptical oh, yeah. of, and you just happen to be that guy for that for Lawrence. Yeah. the
2: one time her, his parents followed us to a dinner. Oh boy, to a birthday dinner.
1: That's psychotic.
2: Yeah, man. A lot of scared <laughs> white people in that town. I, right. I, well, have there was a I would say there's a part of the town that was super poor they had this area called the jackson whites and it was like these mythical black people who like all bred with one another they all had the same last names they all like but seriously they were starting they like a dynasty but seriously like there was the the man's mann mm-hmm. this family their last name was the man but there were so many and they all sort of looked same looked so the same. many so many
1: <laughs> <laughs> so many Manny. yeah for real grown up in jersey Liking it?
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was it was fine. I mean, I remember when we were moved, we had to mo- we moved, and I was like, I don't want to move. I have friends here, but I'm really glad I moved because everybody. It's, it's one of those towns where people just like you either get out or you stay there. And I got out, and there was some. I was like, and I was also like president of my high school, president, like popular, funny dude. I don't know if I was popular, but I was like the funny guy. So like, people knew who the fuck I was. Likable. So I remember the. First year after college, I went back to my high school, and like nobody gave a fuck. So yeah. I was like, "Oh,
1: they had shit. moved on from the Morgan J experience. Yeah,
2: from the, the Morgan J experience, <laughs> I was like, uh, "All right, I guess I'll never come back here again. <laughs> <laughs> Forget this place." Then I realized, thank God, I didn't top there. You know.
1: So for like making money, first job in that town, were you working in the restaurant biz as well? Yeah. Well, did, I, did you see I, kind of what your mom was doing? Like, oh, there's a yeah.
2: Know. I helped my mom clean houses from time to time. I also helped her cater. She would cater. So I helped her I helped her doing that. I made some money doing that. I worked at a uh, a restaurant called The Boulevard Grill in walking distance from where I lived. And it was like this new age American run by two lesbians. The, one of the lesbians was the chef. The other one was the They manager. were just
1: ahead of their time.
2: Yeah, I mean, they went out of business. The food was really good. Yeah,
1: they just timed it wrong. Right now, they'd be killing it.
2: Yeah, they would be. But the food was really good. And but they went out of business. It's a tough town to like have a successful like restaurant, you know. Although they did okay
1: on a Saturday night. Yeah, the food was good. So that was the first paid gig you've ever done?
2: Yeah. And it wasn't that much money. It was like on a because I was a bus boy, so on a good I was like fifteen or sixteen, so on a good night I made like I don't know, 60. No, on a good night, I made like 100 bucks. And I was like, whoa.
1: I know. I was a busboy for the Outback Steakhouse, my first job. Yeah. And I just remember getting like 65 bucks cash and just love, you know, you. driving my parents' car to work, coming back with 65 bucks. Smell- I just like smelling a- like fried batter, but you know you gotta you gotta make money the way every way you can when you're younger because you don't know how to do it yet. Did you ever like do any like scam shit when you were younger, or, like try to sell uh, any illegal stuff? You know
2: what I did? That wasn't even a scam. I was in high school; is my last year of high school. I had a camera that somebody got me for my my birthday or the holidays a year or two before, and I went and I had been learning how to edit, and I filmed that that whole year. I filmed- like
1: old school editing or. Digital. No, it was
2: digital. Yeah, I thought it was like Adobe Premiere, like
1: th- the basic. Yeah, I was. It yeah, it was
2: like almost ten years ago, right? And uh, I was uh, filming everything in high school, and um, I made this video yearbook, and I sold it for twenty bucks a piece. I made like fifteen hundred dollars.
1: So you were—that's on a scale. I was entrepreneurial. Yeah, dude. exactly. I bought a brand new camera with it. You found a little opening in the market of, f- of yearbook, and yeah, I basically it- recreated the Facebook. Experience maybe? year in your life or whatever that thing is. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah. I guess at a young, early age, I was document. Even now, I document a lot of stuff, you know? Uh, but I made a bunch of money. I even got in trouble with the principal because he called me and he's like, you can't
1: sell this. Why? Because it's it, like, it was an unofficial. It was like in competition of the-, the actual
2: yearbook. A little bit. It was like an unofficial yearbook. But everybody loved it because it was funny and it had little funny things in it. You it know was probably I mean?
1: personalized more than the. Oh your, yeah. yeah!
2: Oh yeah! I mean, I definitely neglected some of the unpopular kids in it. Yeah. Obviously,
1: but who? Who? They don't
2: care about the, They don't, They don't care.
1: Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. That's funny. Like I think about that now. Like with the year, like are there still yearbooks? Like I don't, obviously I don't, I don't know. There are. In high there school, are. Because
2: I I work now at the Apple Store part time. We work by a high school, and I remember the end of their. Some people came in with the yearbook, so they definitely.
1: But like, yeah, yearbooks. It's just I remember. You know, I like kind of fe- feeling like the forcement, of like buying one when I was younger. God, they were
2: so expensive. Yeah. They wanted like $100 for these things. What the fuck?
1: And now it's just like, I don't even know. I don't even know where mine is. I have no idea where mine is.
2: <laughs> I would like
1: to see it. I kind of like, I want the old ones, like the elementary, middle school ones to like write stories about like those kids that you knew that just kind of fell off the earth. You know, just, oh, yeah. just like the ones that were like that kid for that year, and then you just never heard of him again. There's like a lot of material there. I think if you were to go back and just, God, assess. that'd be
2: a good idea for a show. If people could read, rehash their um, every like each comedian would have to bring a, their yearbook. But it'd just be hard because, like, who, how many of them have that shit, you know?
1: I remember my mom being like, you will never forget these people. You're going to want to see this again someday. And Honestly, I think she actually threw them away. I think she was the one that threw them away. <laughs> this
2: year is supposed to be my high school reunion, 10-year reunion. And I don't, like, when I go back, I'm going to be like, what's your name? I know. Because, you know, we've met a lot of people doing what we do. So we push all these old people out. We don't know. We don't remember them anymore. They all look different. They've all had kids. And, like, look, like you probably have a fast metabolism. They All, all these people got, like, gross and... <laughs>
1: So Jersey, you're helping your mom out. Yeah, you're helping the catering. You're doing the the cleaning Boulevard a little Grill, bit. Yeah. Boulevard Grill, and then NYU pops around the yeah. corner.
2: Yeah, NYU, I'm there.
1: So how is that? How is one paying for NYU with uh, a single mother and <laughs> working on a oh, modest God. income of restaurant well, work?
2: I got a bunch of scholarships
1: because of that, or because of of your skills. Uh,
2: mm. I had a good. I was a honor student. I was I was going to the theater part of the school, and uh, so I, I got some awards through that. My so,
1: are we talking Tish? Tish, yeah.
2: And uh, at the time,
1: renowned, right?
2: Yeah, like top five. You know, people don't recognize my skills yet, dude. I mean, I, I could perform, but I can act real well too. You know, I'm like a classically trained actor. Why am I not making it? Yet? <laughs> what the fuck? So, yeah, I went to Tish. So I had a couple scholarships. The rest was on loans. The first year. Because my stepdad was a lawyer, so he had some money, and he and my mother was working with, for him. Oh, but,
1: so your so your mom remarried?
2: Yeah, but when I was sixteen, she remarried. Okay.
1: She's like, More's going to college soon. I gotta fucking figure this. You down. know, honestly, <laughs>
2: like." A part of me knows she had like three kids and like she was like, well, I got to make this shit happen. I mean, I I'm sure too. I'm
1: sure she you know, there was feeling for the guy. But like, oh, yeah, logi- they're, still, they're, yeah, still, yeah. they're still together. I mean, like, like logistically, you think about that, like, especially as you get older, too, you're just like, yeah. I need a partner in this thing because this isn't going to yeah. happen.
2: Life's hard. Let's team up. <laughs> yeah, I know my my mother, like if my dad was still alive, I bet I would never have gone to college. I know I would have started working right out of high school. Yeah. He was like super alpha male. He's like, he's like, you're going to go to work you're going to play music you're going to like learn a skill and do that so it's an interesting thing that I did so yeah so he pay he helped pay he, they both paid for the first year along with the scholarship so the first year is paid off and then
1: we're talking that's like a 40 grand a year 35 at the
2: time it was 40 grand like 40 45 grand a <sighs> and it's, year. I'm
1: sure it's gone up since that was it's like
2: 60 grand now that's it's insane. Like insane it's one of the most expensive schools the LMU here is like 60 grand too i don't know it was it's an amazing school then I was an r a for two of the years
1: so that was helping out
2: yeah, that was helping out that was that that paid for all my room and board. I mean imagine living in New York for free for two years, you know, and then I even got to live there for one summer for free, which was so tight I was an r a over there there because
1: and then there's no students and- there's no
2: students. I'm literally just chilling out there. I had a job also so I was r a And then I had a job all four years of college at this soundstage for film and television. So I was making like eight or nine bucks an hour there, and that was such a sweet job because I just sat around and just like grad student would come like, "Hey, I need a I need an inky, which is like a light." I need need this. I need a gator clamp. I'd be like, all right. And I just gave it to him and sit back down and do my homework and shit. Best job ever. That's great. And I did that over the summer. Like, I wish I could have that job again. The boss was super cool. But I worked all through college. There was like two types of kids at NYU. People who were rich as fuck.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, was that like that experience kind of similar? Similar to to high school? Yeah.
2: Rich as fuck or not rich as fuck? Just like me staying indoors, playing video games on my computer, working real hard on my scenes for acting class.
1: Was there a common ground though Because of the acting Between you and your classmates? Oh yeah. yeah
2: Everybody who went to The theater school there Like this is what I'll say All the specialized schools Like if you go to Tisch So p- those people were like Filmmakers Actors Performers Like those people knew What they wanted to do And took that shit For the most part Pretty seriously People who were like In the general college Like they didn't have Class on Friday So Thursday night We're going out We're, we're doing spending co- tons we're, of money We're doing cocaine We're going to the. We're like 19 Going to these parties And I was like, "That's I can't even, I don't even know how to do that." Plus, I have like a, a mom who's like essentially like. Well,
1: that's I gotta think you probably felt a little you know guilt if you weren't taking care of your oh, shit hell yeah. because you realized how hard she worked. You saw it the whole time, and then yeah, so if I never just fucked her up. up. I
2: never, I didn't. Even, I smoked weed once in college. Never fucked up in college, and I was a good student. I was like a, I was like an A B student, and, then and you, but I did start doing stand up at that point. Uh, so you sec- started
1: you started stand up in college?
2: Yeah, f- second day of school, I did my first open mic. Uh, in freshman year? Yeah okay i was 18 but i did it once and then i didn't do it for a while i turned 19 and then i did so uh, what
1: was that for the first experience for you was it it was me in front of
2: like 400 kids because it was like the welcome week open mic so a bunch of people could go there so i went first i went like first or second i typed everything on a piece of paper like i typed every single i told a joke about spider-man about how like he should be shooting webs out of his asshole because like right if you got
1: bit by a spider you would pretend like you yeah. would take on the you take
2: on the traits of a spider yeah. so he would be like the most unpopular like he would probably wouldn't really have to fight crying because people would avoid him and shit you know right i did a joke about my stepdad like he would he would be eating ice cream naked like by the fridge i have always i was have, I would have morning wood and i would have to like go to the bathroom and walk past him and it was like a weird thing
1: because you had a boner and your stepdad was like naked. when you wake up yeah i have yeah. a
2: boner and you know i gotta pee yeah and eventually like by the time i got to the bathroom like my boner will be soft enough in order for me to <laughs> To like bend over always, a little bit. Uh, yeah,
1: it's always like the trick. Like you gotta sit down sometimes, maybe and just put and push it down, and then they touch the yeah, water. I just want to go. I just
2: want to go to bed, so I'm not gonna. Yeah. I don't want to wait. You know, two minutes for my boner to dissipate, and uh, <laughs> so those are that first five minutes. And then I remember, like I did pretty well. I not realizing that college kids are super easy to make laugh. Mm-hmm. So, but but uh, people were it was for, it was Welcome Week, so there was like 500 kids in that audience, and they recognized me on yep. campus. So it's like well, here
1: comes you know. Class president Morgan J. back in action. You know, getting this isn't it. Morgan's
2: got more of this mountain to climb. Yeah, but then I didn't do it for a while again, and it wasn't really until I was twenty that I started doing it like every week or every other week because I still had class. It was sort of hard to do it, but I I felt like such a superhero because like I was I would go back to this dorm and but I was out at night like doing going to shows and right yeah you you felt cool you know kind of had the
1: dual identity. I was
2: right there by McDougal Street by the uh, Comedy Cellar, and I would go there and hang out.
1: And because that at that age, you probably were a little intimidated to claim yourself as a stand up.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, I was also in, I was also going to acting school and I also didn't realize like what I w- it's weird. It's like you do yourself a disservice by starting so young, but you also do yourself a benefit by starting so young. You like build chops and you understand it early on. But let's say there's people who start like at 30 and but they like know who they are. So you could see that it comes to them a little bit easier.
1: Yeah, or yeah, a little quicker. You, you know what probably, I mean? Yeah.
2: They have more to talk about. Like me, I didn't really have much to talk about except my balls and n- my nuts. You, t- you
1: have balls and nuts?
2: Yeah. The, oh, yeah. My balls and my nuts. <laughs> yeah, I had balls and I had nuts. I had nuts in one pocket and ball, yeah. tennis balls in the other <laughs> pocket.
1: Uh,
2: but that's when I started doing
1: it. Nice. So I was man. doing everything. Yeah, you're busy. You're a busy guy at NYU. So you decided to stick around the city after graduating.
2: Yeah. And as soon as I got out of college... I, my my brother got me a job at the container store
1: which is the most absurd i've heard your your joke the about joke, it, it way back but, one, but i was i was there i had a girlfriend yeah. and she brought me in there and i was i was so baffled as to why the <laughs> fuck you would spend 40 dollars on a box to keep your shit in <laughs> dude, you know, it, and it was the most absurd i worked there for
2: 3 years in the stock room which was great but in the in job
1: the, security though i guess right yeah they
2: had health insurance they had good benefits i worked there for 3 years Like halfway through that work, I got a job as a tour guide in New York City. So I worked part-time tour guiding, part-time doing container store. I was deferring my student loans that I had, which I still am.
1: Right here, buddy. Me too, man. Dude,
2: I got my bill from Navient, from Sally Mae, essentially because my deferment has ended. So I got to go back there and like after this, I'm going to go home and like defer that shit some more. Yeah
1: because my interest
2: it. is just pit- at oh. some point it's like
1: you're just hoping you can an just imaginary just sell money sell a script or something yeah that's, 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 out, my, that's
2: my goal and i think that's that's
1: feasible yeah
2: yeah so what was i saying oh yeah deferring working as a tour guide one of the best jobs i've ever had
1: i worked as a tour guide in la when i first moved here for a little bit how long ago was that that was almost six years ago Shit. and yeah, it was driving or are you, are you were, was, you're not driving you're on segway no Segway way. tour guide in really? Beverly Hills. Yeah.
2: Did you have to take a test or anything?
1: No, well, no, because I started. I started like this kind of small, like luxury tourism company. Is what the dude really? called it with the, the owner. That's tight. He started it in San Diego and then moved to L.A. So, and I started the branch with him in L.A.
2: Is it going okay
1: there? I imagine it's doing all right. Yeah. But
2: how can you go around on a Segway in Beverly Hills? Is it cool to go on the sidewalk with that? Yeah.
1: They really? have. Well, it's like awesome. uh, under like the uh, like the handicap law or whatever it like acts as like a wheelchair to some people so <laughs> okay like, so he basically just utilized the law on his side and, and
2: all right folks for the next hour we're all going to be handy capable
1: so yeah i mean there was some interesting moments to it but the guy that i worked for was a psychopath <clears throat> so that was oh the, really yeah
2: yeah that's no good
1: so container store in the stock room why did you not want to shoot yourself just oh um was the stock room so kind of had free range well honestly
2: that job was uh really great in a way because like at the t- i was out of college and i was really doing stand-up for real at that point so for me like i got to just daydream you know because basically what i would go around <laughs> doing is just going around scanning shit in the stock room for orders like we did deliveries and stuff so i would just sort of like walk around and like dude,
1: carnegie hall doot.
2: yeah so i'm just thinking of jokes and, and ideas and going through sets and i would have my little notebook in my back pocket you know if I could have a job like that where I could just
1: daydream and shit, I guess it's kind of you know mindless
2: yeah honestly th- and that's sort of and sometimes meditative sort of, in a weird way for people who are like writers or performers that's that's actually a really good job to have, but overall it was a sh- it was like the music they played like was that that music, they played like. Train every 30 minutes.
1: Isn't that so strange? Like, I work at a restaurant right now, and they have decided on, like, two playlists that they use for Spotify.
2: Oh, really? And they just play the two same playlists?
1: And it's like, (laughs) do you want all of your employees to just mass murder-suicide this entire place <laughs> what are the play what kind of play i mean they're, they're not like, like they're not terrible but is it's like a new it, wave it, restaurant it's or? just like indie, yeah like indie you know yeah, like yeah. mumford and sons sure. kind of that stuff okay but and it's not like terrible music is there
2: a lot of wood in
1: this but, restaurant
2: but
1: <laughs> <laughs> of- no but it is you know architecturally sound to sure. kind of the ambiance they want to have yeah man it's just no matter if you love the song to death no matter how many times you hear it you know yeah. you, you know it's gonna make you go
2: eventually insane. the vibe wears off for you but then again it's not it's not, it's not for, for us. you yeah it's like people go in there for like an hour if yeah. that and they hear a and couple they, songs that and, they like then, oh, i can't believe they're playing empire of the sun siri what song is this <laughs> yeah. and then they leave dude we this then they know they had a good time because yeah. they
1: discovered a new song right but it makes me hate society a little bit too so you're getting out of uh, nyu working the tourism job and then you're still doing stand-up do you remember like your first paid creative gig like doing acting yeah or no my first doing paid stand-up? gig
2: my first paid gig actually was surprisingly, out of college. I was interning my last semester of college at Late Night with Conan O'Brien, and I was
1: also this was oh while wow, I was still in New York, right? Yeah,
2: this is the last two months of the show. I was interning at Late Night with Conan O'Brien, and then they switched us over to Late Night with Jimmy Fallon. So I worked at Late Night with Jimmy Fallon for about two months.
1: While you were working at other spots, were you like trying to finagle getting into it?
2: Yeah. Well, I never. I wanted to be noticeable, but not too... I didn't want to be obnoxious about it. So, like, for example, like, I was a general production intern, so they would have rehearsals for the show on set so i made sure like i finagled away like to make sure i was on set to stand in for every rehearsal as many as i could because a they broadcast the rehearsal all over that ge building so i just wanted people to like yeah. get used to this face so the ge building so i was always at rehearsal like jimmy fallon was like here and i was here you know what i mean like i would just so be he, like
1: you were running lines them or he's just um, talking they at kind of, time. it was just v- for like blocking and stuff <clears throat>
2: yeah it was for blocking it wasn't like every It wasn't every time. Sometimes he wasn't even there. Sometimes somebody, a lot of times I was just there for camera rehearsal. So he wouldn't be there. Sometimes he would be there for bits to rehearse it. So what I did was, eventually my internship ended, but Jimmy got used to my face. I left my headshot with the casting person there. And then like a week or two after I graduated, I got a call from this dude. I forget his name, but he was the assistant and he was going through the headshots. And he's like, oh, I saw your headshot. You want to come in and just do like an extra work thing? So I... I did. I came in and I was a page, an NBC
1: page. Like that was the bit in the, like that was your. Yeah, role. I had
2: no lines. Basically, they would do these games with people in the audience. At the end of the game, you would get a prize. And I was just, all I did was walk on dressed as a page and hand them a t-shirt or a gift card or something like that. I just had a flashback to like this. <laughs> Let's hear it. Let's embarrassing hear it. Moment. All right. Well, the first time. So, so then they kept calling me to do that. To be the, an extra on the show,
1: and so you were getting screen time.
2: So yeah, I just walk, I would just walk on for like a split second, and I did that about four or five times. And then one time at rehearsal, Jimmy was like, "You're here a lot, Morgan. Well, we should give you like a name. Let's give you a name." So I was like, "How about Monkus? They're like, "Oh, that's a yeah, it's a funny name. Let's do that."
1: Um, <laughs> did so you that, have that name ready to go, or we just kind of spontaneously came to? I
2: it? actually heard it on Thirty Rock. I oh, think okay. it was, and then it just like seeped into my brain. And I was so nervous, I was like, the first thing I said. So that was my first time I plagiarized any sort of comedy. Right
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but I was so nervous. Gina calls up Jimmy, why the fuck are you calling your yeah. page
2: Monkus? Yeah. Um so I uh so I, so then in the, the episode aired, it was the fourth episode, I think, of that show. Then he gives the prizes and then he goes to me, he's like, So what's your name, sir? And I'm like, Monkus. And you know, Jimmy plays it off like Oh, and everybody starts laughing because he's like, "That's a weird name." Didn't right. Say it, but you know that face was weird. And I just played it straight, and I got a lot of laughs. And then after the show was over, I was in the dressing room taking off my suit, and then the head writer came up to me. He's like, "How did you know to do that? How do you know how to play it straight?" I was like, "I don't know. Well, I mean, I knew." Have you
1: heard of Tish? Yeah, I mean,
2: I knew, and I didn't want to be like, "Well, I'm yeah. a comedian. Yeah. I, let me do more." <laughs> you know, otherwise, yeah. okay, I didn't want to do that. So, and then there were. I did a couple more episodes. I had one bit where I they wrapped me up as a mummy. And I said something stupid, and then one of the interns at that when I was out of school was like, "Hey, I was in a general production meeting, and like they're thinking about signing a contract with you, and like having you be a main character." And uh, I was like, "Oh." Did okay. you trust this person? Yeah, she was like this hot blonde chick, and I was like, "All right,
1: well, I won't." That'd be awesome. Uh, but they never
2: did, and they ended up.
1: But when when she told you that, like, were you really like playing it humble, or were you like, "Fuck yeah, I'm"?
2: Uh, I was playing it humble. I think I don't know. There's, a good, there's also a possibility I was like, I'm the fucking shit. <laughs> yeah. They never did. And they actually hired another. They hired a guy to do what I did. They had they like
1: outside ca- of the, the outside, realm they
2: of- hired like a writer, like a UCB actor to do what I was doing.
1: Yeah. outsourced bro. And
2: the shitty part was like I had to join after the union. So I had to pay like two grand to join this union. Otherwise, I couldn't be on the TV show anymore. As Soon as I joined and I put it all on credit cards, they stopped calling me and they used this other person.
1: So Jimmy Fallon owes you two grand is what you're trying to say. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, I was a bummer, dude. I was like, I saw that. Especially
1: because you're making progress. like,
2: Yeah. You know, and it was like right out of college. Started
1: from an intern, got your face in front yeah. of the casting.
2: And I and I saw this other dude doing the same exact bit on TV. Did he I,
1: use Monkus? He didn't use Monkus, He used a
2: different name. He was like, Flarkus. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, there, this dude is like fucking my ex-girlfriend right in front of my face. <laughs> you know
1: what I exactly. mean? Exactly. It's like, watch
2: it. So I was just like, god damn it
1: did you follow that guy's career after
2: uh, he after, still works there he's like a writer on the show uh he looks like a nice guy he wears glasses i mean
1: but, so what's the is that the embarrassing part you say, oh no
2: no, no i story. uh no no it wasn't really that embarrassing i just i did there was a bit that i had to do and i had to push a cart onto the stage for this game show part of the show and the stage manager nika cued me early so I just listened to her cue because it's like, just do what she says. So I did that. And then uh, she fucked up. She cued me early. So then I was just on there like all weird. And Jimmy was like, uh, so they had to like redo it. Oh, shit. And it wasn't my fault, you know?
1: Yeah. But it looks like your fault. Yeah,
2: 100% looks like my fault. I just followed her cue.
1: Did, uh, she, did she apologize to you afterwards? She or didn't
2: say anything about it. And I wasn't like, uh, oh, yeah, that was her fucking fault because, again, I'm a nobody.
1: So you now live in L.A., Three years. Three years. What was the uh, was the main impetus for moving out here? A Just... girl. Ooh.
2: Yeah. I was uh, doing open mics and I met this girl at this music open mic and she was a musician and she was super hot, like so hot. And I was like, didn't even bother talking to her. I was like, this, why am I going to talk to this girl? And then she sat next to me one day and started talking to me and she was like, you want to hang out? And I'm like, well, I got to go walk this dog because I was also walking dogs as well from time to time. She's so, like, if you want to come with me to walk this dog, she's like, all right. And we hung out and we talked and then we eventually like hooked up. And I was just like, couldn't believe this shit was happening because she was really hot. Afterwards, I'll show you a photo of her. And then we just started having sex together. She was like, look, um, I need
1: you to know that. I was, can... she in, was she like an actress as well?
2: She was just a musician. She was actually okay. on America's Got Talent in 2010. Very pretty, very tiny. Singer, songwriter. Singer, songwriter. Kind of, yeah. She and I started sleeping together. She was like, you know, I'm I'm only seeing one person. I mean, I'm mean, i only seeing, I'm seeing like more than one person right now. And I was like, all right. I had no expectations because I was just sort of waiting for her to stop talking to me. And so you
1: were just riding it out. Yeah, I
2: was just riding it out. I really didn't care. I was like, I'll just take what I can get <laughs> at this <laughs> point. And then eventually I won, essentially. like She was like. She
1: stopped seeing the other guys. She
2: was like, because A, I was fucking her really well. And I guess B, I. I had a really big dick. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, big dick. (laughs) And see, it's for (laughs) a (laughs) cat. No, and then, uh, no, but she was like, she told me eventually, she was like, you know, I told every guy that I was seeing other people, and they were like, they don't care, but you were the only person who really didn't give a fuck, but now, like, I like you, and i but I think it was more of a thing we just really enjoyed having sex with each other. Like we were in love with each other's genitals. I think.
1: Yeah, like the drug. The
2: sex was so good. It was like a, it was like a, a drug. So much so that I moved across fucking country. Do you know what I mean?
1: So I had gotten so high. Hired- were you guys like? I mean, were you spending time? We were only outside to- of the bedroom too, or is it just? Yeah, we were. Like we were. Uh, it was mostly obligat- a sex- obligatory, like you know, dates that you just led to sex.
2: I mean, it was mostly. I'd say a sexual relationship. I I know that when we first started sleeping together, I knew from the beginning. I'm like, oh, this is gonna crash and burn. Like, the sex is too good to for this to be. Yeah, it's not eat. sustainable. It's not sustainable. Hundred percent not sustainable.
1: You had no desire to move out here. I, di- I did. Okay. Truthfully,
2: I did. I I my whole my plan for a long time was to move out here, um, but like I needed that impetus from her. You know. So I gotten hired at Apple because I need another part time job, and she had just gotten. She said she had to move to L.A. because she got a a thing with a producer. And I was like, well, I just got hired here. She's like, but I want you to move with me. Come with me. I'm so madly in love with you. Come with me. And I was like, I I would, but I don't want to be like your loser boyfriend without a job right now. You know, I just got this good, good job. I said, I told her, I said, look, I'll do this job. I will transfer in a couple months and I'll just be out there with you afterwards. So I got the job. She moved. She lived with me the last month before she left. She lived with me. And that was really cool. And then she left two weeks before the end of the year. She went home to Michigan, where I'm pretty sure she fucked her ex-boyfriend. <laughs> uh, and then, as most exes do, yeah. And then two days after she got to LA, she G-chatted me and was like, "I'm freaked out. I can't have you come here." Two days she G-chatted me. So
1: there's, I doubt two she... days before you were about to move out. No, 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 no. Or two, two days after she got there.
2: Yeah, my was... transfer was already in the works. I was also like a complete emotional mess after she left. I wanted to sell all my shit, and I was like. I'll be there tomorrow. It was literally a drug. I was like a withdrawal. I was yeah. like I couldn't handle it. Yeah. I was like telling my roommates, "Like I'm moving out. I'm leaving. Fuck, I'm leaving, dude." And they were like, "You need to calm down. We have a lease. Just chill out. <laughs> we gotta find somebody to live here." But I sold all my stuff, and within the next month, yeah, she moved. And then two days after she got to LA, she g-chatted me and was like, um, "I can't do this. I don't want to have to be responsible for somebody else here." Either she knew somebody out here already or she met somebody within two days or the fact she that realized she realized her potential. Yeah. LA? She yeah. realized her potential. She was like really hot. 22, 23. All these rich dudes are probably trying to fuck her, but like they didn't have what we had, you know, Ben, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know. Um,
2: I but like I told her, I'm like, well, I'm still coming. Cause like I'm, my transfer has been approved. I'm going to be there like at the end of February. So I moved down here and I tried to get in touch with her. She didn't text me back. She,
1: So you guys never even dated while you're while you're here? No, I never even saw her again, dude. (laughs) Oh my god, she moved out here. She got ghosted by her girlfriend. She gave me
2: her address. She gave me the address before she moved. She's like, I want you. I found this great place. I want you to send me care packages and all this shit. I want you to send me stuff. And I was like, okay, I did. And I did. And and I had her address, but I was too. What? I, I was just so scared and heartbroken. Like I was so heartbroken that, and I knew she was the kind of girl. Like the more that I tried to see her.
1: The less the she less would she'd want, want to yeah. do
2: it, you know? Because she's also afraid of intimacy, like father issues, abuse problem. I mean, yes, she was. A-
1: so when you moved out here, were you expecting her to like kind of help you out financially too? Like Not you guys, at all, dude. Like I, never, a-
2: I never want to ask anybody for shit, you know? Not at all. I had my shit together. I lived in a place. I found a roommate. Um, so you
1: had enough cash from New York to kind of yeah, go on your own?
2: Yeah, yeah. Because
1: uh, that's always kind of a treacherous move when you're leaving everything and going across country. Yeah,
2: I moved out here with four and a half grand. Weird noise my (laughs) fucking mouth. (laughs) I moved out here with four and a half grand. I bought a car four days after I got here for two and a half grand. And then I used the other half for like a deposit.
1: It goes so quick.
2: It does, but I had a job. You had a
1: job. That's the most important I moved out here with a job,
2: so I had a steady source of income. So I was paying my rent, and I was doing it. I was sleeping on the floor. So my first year here, I slept on the floor of a living room on a mattress with a friend of mine, just heartbroken, just sleeping on a floor in a mattress
1: especially when you first move out here you have all these dreams of just oh my god now when i talk
2: about it i feel like wow how sad that was (laughs) Um, but in
1: the moment it's not you know it's adventurous it is adventurous (laughs) and depressing
2: and i hit the ground running i was doing all these shows i was like doing all these mics and i was like i'm gonna make the rounds here uh but it was hard because i had a shitty car not a lot of money to pay for gas and it's like nobody knows you I only had a couple contacts. So once you do that first round of shows, it's like then what? You have to wait. What do you you gotta wait a couple months to do the second round of shows? And so what I really should have done, and this is advice for anybody moving, just move here but tell everybody you're visiting. I'm like, I'm only here for a couple couple weeks. Can you get me on your yeah. show? <laughs> then you can get on every show like super yeah. quick and once you kill it on the show and you leave, people will remember that you killed and you just say, Oh yeah, I'm back and then you could do the second round a lot quicker.
1: But then they see you at the gas station. They might, they might, <laughs> pump in, you know, pumping your gas. And they're like, I thought you were, I thought you were in New York. Like, no, no, yeah, that
2: might have. I didn't do that. I did it with one show, and I felt guilty about it. So you
1: got to do what you got to do in this industry.
2: Yeah, but I never saw that chick again. Ah, but I checked her Instagram all the time, and I still do. You got a handle for all? The
1: <laughs> What's I said, you got a handle for all the listeners? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. <yes. laughs> Just uh,
2: check who I'm, what photos I'm liking. No, yeah, it's exactly. funny.
1: I accidentally. You can do that, though. You yeah, could, you, could you really, can. It's like being a detective. You can really <laughs> figure out what people are into just based off of those double clicks.
2: I accidentally followed her on Instagram. So I just had to pretend like I was over it. Like, I was like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah! <laughs> I know. There's no going back. Yeah, yeah. Once they get that notification. So
2: I just follow her now. And she moved back to New York, which is the crazy part. She oh, said, no I, shit. She said L.A. was too hard for her.
1: And now she's back. She's moved back to New York. Jesus. So you're in L.A., you're doing stand-up, still working at the Apple Store? I work there for... Part- but you're getting some paid gigs doing commercials, commercials, yeah. Yeah, the
2: last commercial I did was for a Progressive Soup commercial, but my money for that commercial has since run out.
1: How does that, that breakdown work for people, get, that people for, for, for people who don't know? People who
2: don't know for act for people who don't know are curious about it. Basically you get once you join the union you get paid a day rate. And as an actor your day rate somewhere between like four and I want to say six hundred dollars after tax, depending on like what how many hours you work or things like that. And then if the commercial if the commercial airs, okay, because you don't get paid any more than that if it doesn't air, if it airs um, you get the first time it airs, you get paid the same amount of money you got paid that first day. So the first time it airs, you get five or six hundred bucks. And every time it airs after that, you get slightly less. I'm not quite sure the percentage of how it breaks down, but it will. If it airs a lot, it will eventually go down to like a penny. That progressive super commercial aired about three thousand five hundred times. So by the end of it, like I was very shocked at how much money I made. Yeah. In the course of like three months. But, so then, I tried to save some. I got a car. I gotta make payments on now so but, if you don't book, like I booked six commercials last year. And only one of them aired. Had they all aired, I could have bought a car with cash. I could have paid all my student loans off and I could have bought this house that we're sitting in. But that did not happen.
1: So that but, was like. But it bu- could, I mean, it could happen though. That's the thing. It like- could.
2: And it definitely could. And some people do make their living on that. Uh, the only commercials I book are comedy commercials where I get to be funny in it because I don't look like hip or like a type. So I never book the commercial where I'm just sitting in the back of a car, like listening to cool like music <laughs> in a Volkswagen Passat, you know? Which would be cool. But then I'd have to get a hip haircut. But then if you do that, you can't go. Out for anything and else, and then you get typecast. You know, most of the people who do that have no talent.
1: They're just, yeah, they just look good on, 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 look on good a eight x eleven glossy. Seriously,
2: God, if I I shot these two Wendy's commercials and they were like, yeah, they're gonna air, they're gonna air, they never aired
1: us. So with the with the Wendy's chick, yeah,
2: and they were really funny too. It was really funny in them, but it was for this commercial that was like, my, my the tagline. Oh, that didn't
1: I, you say? Oh yeah, listen to this. So <laughs> like, the <laughs> a the, the burger was
2: for this barbecue brisket burger with beef, like tons of meat on it. And it's, the whole premise of the thing was like it being too beefy. Is it beefy enough? And I even ad libbed a line in one of the commercials where I was like, is it too beefy? And they put that in the commercial. Like I ad libbed that shit and then they added it to the script, right?
1: So not only did they not, by the way, you could see that. Yeah,
2: by the way, you could go and see that at youtube.com slash Morgan is ethnic.
1: Yes. Um, and plug then it I, in, plug it pl- in. <laughs> yeah.
2: And then they, help, they put me on hold. So every contract is for three months, they hold you. And then if they don't air the commercial, they have to repay you. For another three months. Your original fee. And if in another three months. That happened four or five times. And then they didn't renew it again. And it never aired. And then eventually I went for an audition for another Wendy's commercial. And I ran into the writer of the commercial. He's like, dude, you were so funny in that commercial. As a matter of fact, that commercial loops. It plays in the lobby of our advertising agency. <laughs> on loop. Because it's a funny commercial. But the price of meat skyrocketed. And the burger was too beefy
1: to produce. <laughs> so it was too beefy? It was too beefy. <laughs> yeah.
2: And I could have made so much bank. And it was, f- oh, God damn. Uh, so you got to so,
1: blame it on I just the, have a history I, the beef industry.
2: I just feel like my career is going to be a history of just like n- near hits. Yeah. Near misses. all misses. You know, like almost. Just tons Should of almost. Should be like almost. the title
1: of your next album. Almost. <laughs> almost hits.
2: Almost hits. Um, so anyway, yeah.
1: Nice, man. So I think that brings it up to your... Uh, you know, biographical history to this point in time, I kind of want to transition into some other more hypothetical questions. Sure. Involving money. We all believe that we could have more of it if we were smarter with our money. And that kind of plays into what you spend your money on. So do you have any like vices um, Mm. that a lot of your money goes to could be materialistic, could be it's not
2: really materialistic. Honestly, I spend most of my money on food and drinking like if I could if I have a like a flush blank account that
1: tends to be I most never, of the response that I've that I've heard for this us, far. I mean for yeah. performers right cuz Cause, cause like we don't
2: seek material things no. to make us feel better we right? just we want, like we, we want, want experiences and we time. want good times yeah. we want the good times that makes us feel good cuz we're trying to fill something <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean so for me I spend most of it on like like on good food uh on drinking I, I'll take when I have more money I'll go on more dates cuz you know
1: Yeah, you got some extra cash to impress some ladies. Exactly. Are you Are you paying for the whole thing when you take first
2: date? Normally, I'll pay for the drinks. I'll try to. I mean, ideally, I want like I'll get the first round. She gets the next round. But I've talked to some girls who are like, no, they got to buy all the drinks. they got to buy everything the first date. And you're like, what the fuck? What happened to Women's Live? And like, yeah, we, right? We,
1: we, we, you know? I know. I always remember my, my dad was a single guy growing up. And I always remember him bitching about that. Yeah, man. He was like, they want you to hold the door. They want you to do this. but then, then I'll they, do all yeah. the chivalrous
2: stuff. I'll hold the door yeah. open and I'll do that. But it's like money is different. No, definitely. But I'll do it when I have a ton of money. I mean, I'm happy to pay for everything. I can't take that money with me, so I might as well just pay. Who cares? Even my f- successful friends who have a lot of money now, like when I go out with them, they're like, "I got it, whatever." Yeah, that, and, I, I mean, and I don't, and I, and I'm not, I'm not like, "Oh, I owe you." The thing is, they have the money, and it's like, all right, they want to pay for it, and they don't, and they understand.
1: Right, you know? I do that. I mean, I do that sometimes too when I'm flush. Yeah, and it's but I have a couple of buddies that feel weird about it. Like if I buy round drinks, they're like, "Why'd you um, do that?"
2: I have a lot of sick, like, and I'm just
1: like, yeah. just don't worry about it. You don't owe me, like, ah, you know. I got next round or whatever. It's just like, well, I'm just doing this because you're my friend, and yeah. I like to do this for you.
2: Yeah, I have. I go out sometimes. I go out for drinks with my friend, my friend Ty, who has a he's he's doing pretty well for himself. And so when I have no money, he'll be like, "I'll get the first round." I'll be like, "No, you're gonna get the only round because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I ain't get no rounds tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I get any rounds, yeah. right now. Uh, but it's funny. I've been lucky where I've been able to. I have like. I've been able to drink for free a lot in L.A.
1: It does work out that way. It's not hard. If you if you frequent certain establishments.
2: And you have friends who work at certain jobs where they, you know, some there's so many like Silicon Valley type jobs here. Yeah. Everybody's just drinking at their fucking job. Right. Or what they're doing. With so their there's,
1: there's that aspect where, you know, companies are doing that for their employees. And there's yeah. also this underground world of people who work in the restaurant industry. Totally. That can kind of control culture in a in a city in a weird way. Yeah, they can. And it's all people typically who are aspiring actors or comedians. The other thing like in
2: that. L.A. is that it's like you don't have to buy a lot of drinks because there's a lot of after parties and a lot of hanging out at people's houses and apartments. So most of the time you show up with a six pack. Like, You're good to go. I mean, it's rare that we go out to buy. I feel like because I don't. We're at bars and shows all the time anyway. It's a little so redundant we're, for to for us do that. to go to a bar to like have a drink is weird most of the time. I mean, I know me. I'm just like, let's just have a beer at my place.
1: Oh, house uh, parties and like house gatherings? You know? 20, 20, 25 people? The best. That's the best. That's yeah. what you want. Can't beat that. Especially like the contrast as you go into a fucking huge, loud club. Oh, can't even God, talk to anyone. So you kind of like mentioned when you're up, like if you had a million bucks in your bank account tomorrow, mm-hmm. how do you think your day-to-day life would change? Do you think it would be drastic?
2: Let me, let me see. Like this is
1: after taxes? This is just, yeah. Million this cash. This is mine to spend. Million cash. Don't have to owe any taxes. You have it. It's yours. Day-to-day life. How would it change oh, you? Should, I'd
2: I'd say like at least once a month or once a week, I'd visit my mother and stepfather.
1: Okay. Family? At least, uh,
2: yeah. I'd visit my family and then... Or I'd say like every couple months I'd go somewhere I travel somewhere I'd go to other country
1: so because if I be...
2: had the money to burn I mean hell yeah I would just travel because that's the most expensive thing
1: yeah exactly so you would want to travel but do you do you get the feeling like because you obviously still be pursuing stand up and acting oh, yeah, I'm sure yeah, yeah yeah do you get the feeling because sometimes I feel like trapped here and like if you leave then like this you somebody know, else feel- will take your place well like yeah not that drastic but like that people forget about you or yeah. that you'll come back and you'll be a step behind that kind of stuff Do you think you would have that feeling if you were-
2: it's interesting because you're catching me at a point now in my comedy life because i'm doing music now and i feel like nobody is doing nobody can take away what i do only i can do what i'm doing now so
1: and what you're doing is is relatively unique. Yeah, it's relatively yeah.
2: unique and I feel like if I left, um I don't think my void would be filled. In a way like yeah, there'd be another comic, you'd see somebody else take that spot away from me, but I feel like I wouldn't if I before when I was doing just stand up. Oh yeah, yeah 100% cuz I felt like I was just sort of the another guy who was just like doing
1: stand up. And especially like when Did you ever see me my old jokes? Do you stand up back in the day? I think so. Cuz I did your show Yeah. A while
2: back, unpopular opinion. Yeah. I think that was. I did some jokes, but that was a while ago.
1: That was before you were strictly doing doing music. Yeah. And I think also once you kind of establish yourself in the scene, Uh there's a little less paranoia.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And I think this year, so that's sort of what's happening now. Because now I'm going back to a lot of these shows and I'm doing music now, and people are sort of like, oh, wow. It's the reaction is always the same. Like, even comedians I know from New York who. We're like real alty. I walked in. I did a show a couple, like a month or two ago and I walked in with a guitar and he, this one guy who's real alty, like real judgmental, he was like, what are you doing with the guitar? What are, you, what are you doing with that? I'm like, I'm doing music. He's like, all right. And I went up there first and I murdered and he was like, after he was like, wow, that was really good. Even another guy who's super alty, I won't name his name, but like <laughs> he has all these dogmas about comedy, all these rules and like just like a real cold fella not anymore since he's like successful now, but I did a big show and I killed it real hard on that show. And then I didn't expect him to come talk to me, but he came up to me and was like, That was amazing. Even though it doesn't matter because it doesn't, but like it does a little bit. Yeah. Anyway, I don't feel like my leaving would change. I wouldn't yeah. be anxious about leaving.
1: It's just, I just like that question kind of because I always think about that. And I don't think day to day your life would change that much. Like you'd right. still have the same habits. You would just be yeah. able to, you know, like you said, buy more drinks for people or go out to nicer <laughs> restaurants. Like, yeah. Like the actual day-to-day habits. I might have
2: nicer clothes. Yeah, it wouldn't change I'd like that to much. like well. And
1: everyone's striving for all this cash. I and, would exercise more. You think so? Why yeah, is that? That's an I, interesting if thought. If I didn't
2: have to, like, a part of me wants to be the sexy GQ comic, you know? hmm And, <laughs> yeah, honestly. I, I like want, it. I want to market myself as this, like, musician who's funny but is like somehow he sings songs about licking buttholes but like you're like slightly attracted to him for some reason i don't know why so i would exercise way more because i wouldn't have to work you know i would just like exercise every day and like
1: so you know, the reason why you don't do it now is because you feel time restraint yeah like i gotta
2: i gotta work i gotta write these songs i gotta perform uh
1: Can I do podcasts for your gotta buddies.
2: Do, gotta do podcasts. It's like I just that's something that doesn't fit in. Right now I have a fast metabolism so I could get away with
1: it. Ah oh, fuck it's, it's you know I'm twenty eight now, you, I'm like figured, I'm feeling it. You, yeah, right. I feel it's weird. Now
2: when I don't now even when I'm hungry, I still feel gross.
1: I still feel sort and it's of that like fat. like we're both pretty skinny dudes. Yeah, we are. Yeah, and like we're awesome. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and like you know, to the eye, people think that we work out a lot. Yeah, as soon shape. as you take
2: it off, you're like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it's
1: like in the last year, man. It's like when you it, the thing is, it happens quick. Like getting in shape happens quick, but also getting out of shape happens really quickly. Totally. So, you know, you do two weeks, push-ups, eating well, yeah. and you feel fantastic. For, yeah, we feel good. And then a week off, and then you're just like mush again. And uh, you're geez. just like getting sore for no reason. That's the
2: hardest part about working out is maintaining, maintenance. That's the hardest part. Anybody can get in shape. Especially
1: but... because we're hedonists, and we like to, you know, drink and, and eat. Absolutely, well. yeah. Man.
2: I bet if we cut out all the alcohol in our diet, we probably would be like, I don't know, we'd be really healthy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: just physically and yeah. mentally healthy. You know, but it's fun. It's a pretty million fun.
2: dollars. Anything else that I would do? I would definitely take like six months off, live in Europe and like try to do the same thing in, in England that I'm doing here. I hear music there. The music community is way more supportive. Not easier, but just people are supportive. And I know I would be doing something different there. I would, it, It's like a smaller pond and I would definitely stick out in. I think so, too. You know, so I've thought about that, too, but it's just scary leaving here, you know.
1: Yeah, and then it would feel like, what was all this for for the last At this point, you know,
2: but it would be cool to live somewhere else. Somebody told me, like, you should go to England and do this shit there. I've even had English people after shows, like, I don't know what you're doing here. You'd be famous in England.
1: So you had mentioned, like, taking care of buddies when you have some money. Have you ever been one to, like, give to charity or whether it be time or money or anything like that? Uh,
2: We did one show. I put on one of these house party shows with my friend Ty where all the proceeds went to Toys for Tots. So that was one thing. If I did have more money, I mean, I would definitely give money to people. The only charity I really do is like every once in a while I give a dollar to a homeless person or a nugget of weed or something.
1: How do you feel about that? Because I I was walking with my roommate Greg last night at 7-Eleven. And he gave a dollar to this guy who's always out there, and he's the same guy that I give my dollar to when I have cash on me. Yeah. But he's the only one I like to give money to because he seems like approachable. Yeah. Seems like he's kind of got his shit together. Like we joked that he's like comfortable. You it's know? hard to be he's selective about homeless. that.
2: It's hard, you know. Like if I was in a position to offer him a job, I'd be like, Yeah, let me.
1: I'll
2: give you money, but let's. Why don't you want? I'll have you work for money.
1: Like a barter system. You know, I'll be like, you know, tell me a story or something just to make this transaction a little bit more interesting than just, oh, really?
2: That's yeah. a good idea. But charity, other than that, that then some, sometimes I'll throw a couple of dollars to a Kickstarter or Indiegogo.
1: Well, actually, that's good that you brought that up because. Is
2: there any way to pee or I could not hold it? How much longer do you think we have?
1: We got like 15 minutes.
2: Is it cool if I pee? Yeah, go pee. And we'll, you, will you be able to cut it or? Yeah, definitely. Okay, cool. Let me All pee right. real quick.
1: Yeah. No
2: oh, good momentum! We got a good
1: vibe. Go I got it. a piece. I've been drinking all this water. No, go for it. You know where this? Uh, go out this door to the right. It's past John's room. Yeah. Five
2: hundred and fifty dollars for this. I'm like, how do they expect me to pay this for a monthly? My interest is so
1: like, I've just. Been well, it's saying. not. You're not even. You're just paying probably just interest now.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm never gonna get out of it. <laughs>
1: well, that's like like you said. It, it's it's imaginary. At because it's so much, and it's just like, what the fuck? You can do you?
2: Do you oh. sometimes fantasize that they're gonna just like pass a law?
1: Uh, pass yeah, oh a law yeah, where they just well, like I get, get this, rid of all student debt? <laughs> well, I get this. Uh, I'm like a part of like this email chain that's like moveon.org or something like that, okay. and like a big part of their campaign is like the student debt crisis. Yeah, and they always like. <laughs> abolish student you know tuition like what would happen
2: stuff. would that would the whole economy collapse or if they I don't know. it
1: i think they would need to find a way to supplement it somehow whether it be through taxes or something <laughs> renewable like that. energy i don't yeah. know <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah whatever the buzzword is
2: so uh so yeah so i i um i got this in. so the only charity i do is basically i like donate to uh Indiegogos or Kickstarters. Really.
1: Right. So I was going to ask you, because a question that I asked, if, if, if you guys have um, or guests have actually inherited or asked for a large sum of money before, uh-huh. Yeah. and you just did it. That was my first time. Yeah. You just did an Indiegogo campaign I was very nervous for about your it. album. Yeah. yeah. And do you want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. Yeah.
2: It was a very scary uh, thing. Because but, no one likes to ask for money. I hate it. I don't even like to ask. I, don't, I hate it. But I was like, well, I, this is. I got to fucking do this. I got to make this shit happen. So let's just do it. You know, at this point in my career, I, my career, uh, people keep asking when are you going to have an album? When are you going to have an album? When are you going to? People keep asking me for my songs. They after want shows. the product. They do. So it's weird, which is a weird new thing for me. Um, so I was like, all right, uh, I don't have any money. My commercial money just ran out. Because if I had money, I would, I might do it out of pocket too. So
1: you're know. pretty broke right now.
2: Oh yeah, I mean, I
1: like. Ooh, yeah.
2: I mean, I just, I also just applied for unemployment. I like was, I went to the unemployment office today.
1: Because you can do that because of your commercial. Yeah. Even a, though you're a, still working yeah, at Apple. Yeah. As an actor,
2: I made more money as an actor last year uh, than I did doing working part time at the Apple store. So technically, that's like my full time work. And
1: so if that runs dry, you can apply for unemployment. I mean,
2: I got approved for it. Uh, so I just have to report how much money I'm making a week and they'll give me, I guess, whatever the, the difference, dif- the difference yeah. is. So I might have an extra 100 or 200 bucks a week, which is like a huge lifesaver. Cause I mean, this month I got to pay my fucking car insurance i
1: don't yeah, know yeah it dude. adds so up man i
2: went there today i went there today because they kept sending me the forms and they said i'm not filling them out right i'm like anyway indiegogo like if i don't get that unemployment like i won't be able to pay my rent and i really am not <laughs> trying to use any of this money that i made i mean i'm gonna pay myself a little bit but literally the majority of it is like for music videos and the album so yeah i asked a bunch of people for money i gave myself 30 days to raise five thousand dollars i raised i'd i raised four thousand about and then the other, I made my goal, but that was because like my brother and a friend of mine put big chunks in my. Right. I'm Cause essentially- that's
1: essentially what you can do with those campaigns yeah. you can get the majority of it and then put the rest. Yeah. On
2: essentially, it. I gave, like, I'm going to give him back a bunch of money. So I didn't really make five grand. I, I made around thirty eight hundred, thirty nine hundred dollars, which is great, which is more, which is going to be great. But it's scary because you don't know what you're going to give. And like, I have three thousand friends on Facebook, and you'd think that like if every single one of them gave five dollars, I would have made my goal like three times over. Right? right. But I don't talk to any of these people anymore. I only had about a hundred. And it's ton.
1: difficult to expect anything from anyone.
2: Oh, nowadays dude, yeah. people are apathetic. There's like another project. It's like all you see on Facebook are advertisements, and then all of a sudden you are advertising. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's what I did for a. Month. Month, i put i just advertised with those personal songs which actually worked pretty well but you
1: had to you have to do that it's a part of the whole
2: yeah i mean and but now i feel pretty good about i feel pretty good about it i should be getting that money like in a week or two i got to pay this drummer to you know record tracks and this music video is going to cost at least these music videos each will cost at least a thousand dollars to make it was also a very good learning experience honestly to how to crowdfund and how to do that yeah some people do it multiple times which is crazy which is I for me I just thought about it, I'm going to do it once and then I'm never going to ask for money again.
1: I don't know. Yeah, we'll see what happens when the next album comes out. <laughs> yeah, so,
2: I had a joke about how like it, the only way to ask your parents for money now is to start a Kickstarter. It's
1: yeah. Like, eh, but I'm working on this new project. So what can we expect from from the album
2: today? Officially, my Bandcamp launch. So it's band camp. No, it was a Morgan is Ethnic dot Bandcamp dot and the single is up on, is up there. You could download it for a dollar. I mean, I'll, and then anybody who contributed will get the single for sure. And then uh, the album will be about ten tracks. I'm thinking I want because it's been a while since somebody's put out like an Adam Sandler type comedy yeah. album where like there's skits in between yeah. tracks. Yeah, are you do
1: sketches too? You think? I
2: think I am. I want to. I want to try that. I got to write some stuff. I've never done it before, so it might. I might re-listen to his album to yeah. see what he did. And it
1: even would be fun just to have, even if they don't make the album too. Yeah. So As like a, you know, like like a little b- radio b- or whatever.
2: Uh, I've written about 17 songs. Um,
1: or can you please bring back when the song cuts out and there's the secret 20 seconds after the minute of silence? Oh, yeah. Gotta no, do No, that. they
2: did that in Tenacious <laughs> Deed. I, sh- I should do little sketches before each song. Like, hey girl, what you doing? <laughs> you know, like little things. Because um,
1: yeah. it is, a, the title is called, it's all love songs, right? It's
2: called Love Songs or something like that. Like, that's literally the title. Um, because... They're not real love songs, but essentially they're all about love in a way. About loving, loving the butthole, loving the titties, breakup love. Just love. Just love, man. Love is a lot of things, you know? It's going to be at least 10 songs. I'm really happy about it. Every Every song is good in its own way. Some of them aren't laugh out loud funny. Some of them are like heartfelt. Some of them are like grotesque. Some of them, there's like a lot of different flavors on there.
1: And these uh, come from the heart, from experience, from the heart. Uh, just... Yeah,
2: most of them. Yeah, most of them come from a real place. I'm trying to think if there's any that wasn't inspired by something that actually happened. The brains and titties one, I would say, is the, is honestly the least from the heart, but yet like one of the best ones. It's weird because uh, a friend of mine texted me one morning was like, "You should just write a song called Brains and Titties," and I was like,
1: "Okay, <laughs> done," Let's and I do wrote it.
2: it. I mean, I'm i more of a butt guy, but then i was like, <laughs> I'll write this song about brains and titties, and then and then I was I felt guilty because I wanted to write a song about butts because I love butts and I and I like eating butts. I don't have a problem saying that
1: analingus. analingus. Well, we'll have you because there's been there's been a lot of heat around around <sighs> butt loving. Really, around oral butt loving.
2: It's recently. weird because
1: after shows that I played a song, I, I'll play that song. if yeah. you want. I was going to ask you to play one.
2: I'll play that song and it starts a dialogue. Right. Well shows. it's because
1: apparently like in the hip hop community, like um, eating cake is a new thing about eating, eating an ass. ass. There's like
2: even a new and song, then... um uh, there's a new song out that's like all about eating that ass, or like eat that ass like a, like you're go shopping, like you're going grocery
1: shopping, or it's come become popular in the hip hop community. I'm which like is behind all these... the times. Also Well ahead of the times too though, because you've been you know, eating yeah. butt for a long time. I've been into it.
2: R. Kelly's been on it for years.
1: <laughs> yeah. He's a pioneer really. <laughs>
2: But uh, yeah, the album should be good. And
1: then, like, you know, the girls episode had like a thing about it. And all, there's just, it's been more in oh, pop yeah. culture than, than it, it has been. It has been. In the been. Well, it, I love doing it. Well, can we hear you sing about it?
2: Yeah, I'd be happy to do that. All right, awesome. All right, let me move
1: this forward. Cool.
0: Why
2: don't you? And I've been writing all these. So for the Indiegogo, so for the Indiegogo, if you contributed $50, by the way, people can still do this. If you contribute fifty dollars, you get your own personal song. So, some of these melodies are so great that I'm gonna reuse them for my next album.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh.
2: Uh huh. Uh huh. Is I'm gonna move this back a little bit so that. Girl Gargoyle, Guy Gargoyle. Okay, so um, this song is called. This is gonna be really intimate for you, Ben. Yeah. It's although it's funny, you know lately on dates like I've been bringing girls back and like sometimes I play for them and like they're really into it it's so cliche but like they're into it it's weird it works I don't know you sing them a song about licking buttholes all of a sudden they're like all turned on I don't know Cause it's Friday night and you're looking so tight I know this is only our third day But baby, why should we wait? You got three beautiful eyes Two on your face and one on your backside And that's the one I'm most interested in A lot of people may call me taboo ooh-ooh. But Morgan J wants to get to know Every part of you ooh, ooh. Like an explorer on a quest Headed southwest, I want to manifest Destiny, that booty Baby, just trust me
0: Why don't you let me lick your butt oh. Nobody has done no slow Cause if I could Then I would Die in that ass Girl Make you say Things that you never said before
2: Like why does This feel so good I just don't think I should Who thought that it ever would But baby It feels so good Cause there's like 18 million nerves Down there Eighteen million ways to make you scream Eighteen million ways to make you never leave More than one way to make you real hot More than one way to hit that G-spot I'm looking
0: at my watch And it's asshole o'clock, so Why don't you let me lick your butthole? Nobody has to know, baby, I'll take it slow if I could, then I would die in that ass girl. Like a satellite drifting through space. I wanna hit Uranus. Baby, there ain't no shame in this. Don't be afraid of that. I'm not talking about putting my DNOV. I'm talking about a your beauty I think I spelled that correctly. and Let's say you just got back from hot yoga. And you better, you better, you better take a shower for at least an hour or two before I lick up on your boo-boo, out of which comes your doo-doo. I'm talking about your raging. Why don't you, why don't you let me lick your butt butthole? and slow ooh, 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 ooh. If I could then I would die at that ass girl Cause I want
2: tell it comes from a real place dude i sing it real i sing oh it oh my god that was it feels fantastic good. it feels good to sing it you know
1: i can't wait to see what that music video is gonna look I like i think
2: i'm gonna have john
1: you should do that yeah because uh,
2: i like his style i think he would be really i think he could really nail that one
1: yeah he's killer
2: so uh yeah
1: that's that's the jam morgan thanks for doing that man that was awesome
2: anything <sighs> else you want to promote yeah so the album will come out probably by the end of the summertime uh singles out so if you just at morgan is ethnic for everything, Twitter, Facebook, SoundCloud.com, Morgan is Ethnic, Morgan is com YouTube.com, Morgan is Ethnic. Um, just want, Google Morgan is Ethnic. Just
1: and Google that. Everything
2: it. will pop up. <laughs> um, but yeah, this was a lot of fun, dude.
1: Thanks for doing it, man. I appreciate this was, it. This was good. How about that conversation and that wonderful song about licking buttholes that Morgan Jay so intimately performed for me? in the living room guys once again thank you for tuning in i appreciate it be sure to share like and subscribe to rate the podcast on itunes or soundcloud and remember that money is meant to be spent